Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome into another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. I'm joined as always by Matt Williamson. Matt, this is our second episode this week. We promised the listeners this. I'm excited about it. Each week for our second episode, for for quite a while, all of draft season at least, we're going to be joined by Ray Garvin. Ray is a senior writer over at DLF uh, alongside me. He's also the Devi team lead, and he's the host of the Destination Devi podcast. Ray, welcome to the show. I'm excited to be here, Ryan, Matt. It is... Um... We're here. It is 2020 rookie draft season, and to talk to you guys this evening about an individual player, you know, in depth, a little more than what we get to uh, get a chance to really discuss with them during the season. I- I'm so excited for this opportunity to be here on the Blueprint with you guys and, and inform the listeners and try to help them make good draft decisions uh, here in the next couple of months. But Ray, it's great to have you, man. We're super excited. We're just going to talk about one dude the entire show. There's only three more NFL games left. There's Senior Bowl right around the corner. It seems like Absolutely. a great time of year to get rolling on these. Absolutely. As Matt said, each episode is going to focus just on one incoming prospect. Uh, they will be shorter shows. We're going to shoot for between 20 and 30 minutes and, and give you everything you need to know uh, as you prepare for the NFL Combine, the NFL Draft, and your own, of course, your own Dynasty Rookie Drafts. Ray, we're going to start with uh, a wide receiver out of Oklahoma, C.D. Lamb. He's a junior. He already declared uh, for the NFL Draft. He's 6'1", 203 pounds. Tell us a little bit about his career at Oklahoma. Yeah, C.D. Lamb is a, is a very, very, very talented wide receiver prospect, um, you know, at Oklahoma, he was just a, he was a producer from the time that he stepped foot on campus in Norman, Oklahoma, he was producing and it's, it's really, there, there are so many interesting facts and dynamics that come into play when you talk about Lamb. He played with Kyler Murray, he played with Baker Mayfield, he played with Jalen Hurts, he played alongside Marquise Hollywood Brown, and he was the man for a year and every single year, no matter the quarterback, no matter the situation, he was able to produce. So, you know, his receiving yards, almost 1,000 yards every single, se- every single season he was at Oklahoma. His catch rate, you know, the, the things that he can do with the ball in his hands. CeeDee Lamb is, is just a dynamic, dynamic sort of wide receiver prospect. Ray, you told me as we were preparing for this show and for this series that you wanted to bring one unique fact or stat about every single player. What do you have for us for CeeDee Lamb? All right, so one one unique fact about uh, Lamb, coming out of high school, he was sort of a Texas high school cult legend. I, I lived down here in, in Dallas, Texas, and I remember hearing about him after his junior season, and uh, Lamb posted a tweet uh, on, on Twitter where he said going into his senior season, he wanted to have at least 1,200 receiving yards and 15 touchdowns. I think all of us would agree that yeah, a high school wide receiver going over 1,200 yards and 15 touchdowns would be impressive. But he did not, he didn't hit that mark. He actually exceeded it just a little bit. He had 98 receptions for 2,032 yards wow. and 33 touchdowns. Uh, only the yards 33? are still, yeah, only 33. <laughs> man. He, he just, wow. he doubled it and added a, a triple on there just for good measure. But the receiving yards are fourth most in Texas State high school football history, and the touchdowns are second most in state high school football history. So 
just to give you an idea of how dynamic he was, even coming out of, of high school, that's how good CeeDee Lamb was as a prospect. It's funny, you you have a little note here, and you I did a lot of recruiting back in my day, and you say very versatile player, four-star uh, wide receiver class. When they say versatile, does that mean he played a little bit of D-back? Does he align all over the formation? Like, is there a toughness factor with him? That's why I'm asking. Like, if he played some defense, I bet he'll stick his nose in there. He did. He did. He played defensive back, and it looked like uh, there were times where he'd play like this, you know, strong safety outside linebacker role. He ran the ball out of the backfield, and he returned punts. So a very, you know, and and most high school kids, if you're the best player on your team, they've got you lined up everywhere. I wouldn't be surprised if he kicked field goals for that team, but (laughs) I, I don't have that data in front of me. Ray, anybody that follows your work, and I hope everyone is, but anyone that follows your work knows you're a film guy. But you're not afraid to dig into that data either. Tell us about some of the data behind C.D. Lamb. Well, I think it's important, Ryan. I know, yes, I I like film. I played college football. I enjoy watching the game. And that's sort of how I get, you know, my idea of who these prospects are, who I want to dive into more. But I have definitely uh, incorporated more analytical uh, analytical parts to, to my evaluation process because it makes sense. It's hard to to debate historical data and, and, and empirical facts. So um, I know a couple of common terms that people hear, and for us, we may know what it means, but for a lot of listeners, they may not, may not know, but they hear market share. They hear college dominator rating. They hear breakout age. And I just want to give a quick example of, of what these definition of what these terms mean, because they're very important in not only my uh, scouting process, but a lot of analysts out there. So market share for wide receivers is defined as the percentage of the team's total passing yards accounted for by the player. So their market share, how many passing yards is said player uh, receiving on on that team? And that's one half of the dominator rating equation. A lot of people ask, how do you get to the dominator rating? Well, market share uh, for the wide receiver position is one half of that. Uh, Breakout age is also a, a commonly used term, and that is a player's age during the season he first qualified for a breakout season based off a dominator rating. So for wide receivers, it would be the first the first season that that player accounted for at least 20% of his team's receiving yards and receiving touchdowns. Now, a, a lot of analysts out there, uh, Peter Howard, you know, fantastic, one of the best in the business, Jesse Reeves, they kind of tweaked their model to... Um, uh, they use touchdowns, but they touchdowns are one of the least stickiest metrics out there. So they do it based off of a college market share of the yards and receptions. So uh, we kind of touched on what market share, what dominator rating, and what breakout age is. So when you're talking about C.D. Lamb, his 2018 season, now mind you, he played with Marquise Hollywood Brown, first round pick of the Baltimore Ravens. But he he broke out as as a 19-year-old in that season, and he accounted for 23.7% of Oklahoma's team's uh, receivings, uh, re- receptions. He had over 25% of the team's receiving yards and over 25% of the team's receiving touchdowns. So his dominator rating at age 19 was close to 26%. This is very important, and I'm going to tell you why. So when you're looking at 2020 eligible prospects, that reached the threshold of 20% market share receiving uh, receptions, 20% market share of receiving yards during their age 19 season. This is the list that we have. Jerry Judy, Justin Jefferson, KJ Hamler, LaVisca Chenault, Tyler Johnson, Denzel Mims, Isaiah Hodgins, Jalen Rager, 
J.D. Spielman and Donovan Peoples-Jones. Now, the last two, they didn't meet the 20% threshold for college dominator rating, but that's a pretty good group of, of wide receivers to be lumped in with. And again, CeeDee Lamb did this playing alongside Marquise Hollywood Brown. Now, real quick, his 2019 season. Saw, I, I thought he was definitely due, and I think I even talked about it on this show, due for a 100-target, you know, 80-90 reception season, and that didn't happen. Jalen Hurts ran the ball a lot. But even so, he had commanded a 24% market share of the receptions, 32% market share of the yards, and 39% market share of Oklahoma's touchdowns through the, uh, through the air, which put his dominator rating at 35% this year. Now, I said all of these numbers, I gave all of these stats and all of that good stuff, but what the heck does this mean? Why does it matter? That's, that's really what's most important, right? Why does this matter? Why does this stuff, you know, who cares about market share? Well, one of my good friends, Jesse Reeves, put together uh, a study, and he looked at active NFL players uh, from 2013 uh, through current, so 2013 through 2019, and their fantasy points per game. And with all of these people that he compiled, roughly 190 players, the average fantasy points per game for wide receivers uh, that uh, that hit this threshold was uh, the, the points per game were 11.8, okay? And this is people who broke out at age 19. So CeeDee Lamb, age 19 breakout. What NFL players, what are they scoring when they broke out in college at age 19? And Jesse even bumped it up. He said the threshold is 12 points per game. So amongst current players, 56 of them have an age 19 breakout age. 14, which is 25% have logged two or more seasons with 12 or more fantasy points per game. 20 of them, which is 35%, have logged at least one season with 12 or more points per game. And 35 players, 63%, have never logged a season with 12 or more fantasy points per game. So his analysis, looking at breakout age alone, is that current players age 18 and 19, which C.D. Lamb, we've already talked about, hit that threshold, who have broken out have a much higher hit rate of not only hitting the top 24 PPR points per season, but actually sustaining it over a period of time. And he dug a lot deeper. And if you're age 20, that's a good hit rate as well. But the higher the breakout age, the less chance of fantasy production. So in summation, to summarize all of this, you want your wide receivers to produce early and often, and CeeDee Lamb did that. At age 18, at age 19, in this past season, at age 20, he produced, and this is why the numbers and the data matter. Ray, that's awesome. I mean, that was a really good layout, and I can't wait to do show after show with you talking in that vein with these wide receivers. It's so cool. Um, Quick question for you, though. I assume, and you kind of alluded to this with Marquise Brown, it's a heck of a lot more impressive to get the 20% market share at Oklahoma than it is at Toledo. <laughs> Matt, yes, and I'm glad <laughs> you said this because a, um, a common theme is making excuses for players who don't hit that market share because mm-hmm. they played with other good players. Oh, uh, but, 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 but Ray, but Ryan, but Matt, he played with Hollywood Brown. He played with yada, yada. If you can't produce on a college team with other talented wide receivers, why should we have the confidence? And we're not saying that you can't do it at the next level. I'm, I don't think anybody is saying that it's out of the, if you don't hit 20% market share, you will not produce. 
But right. historically, the data says if if you can't produce with other good players, uh, why should we have confidence that you're going to be able to do it at the next level? Really great stuff there, Ray, for sure. That was some of the data that that uh, uh, is going to accompany C.D. Lamb to the NFL. Let's get to your bread and butter, though. Tell us what you've seen on film. <laughs> yes, this is my comfort zone, okay? So the film, and I, and I try my best. I try my hardest to watch. Uh, if I can get a hold of some All-22 film, it's... It's really important uh, for me to watch the All-22 film when I have the time or the ability to see that because I like to watch these wide receivers, uh, how they get off the line of scrimmage, what coverages they're facing, how they operate out of different positions, whether it's on the outside, on the inside, how versatile they are. And CeeDee Lamb, oh my gosh, he just... He checks all the boxes. I, I make I make a funny joke, and I say that CeeDee Lamb is the fastest, not that fast guy in college football. Because every time you watch him on tape, it doesn't it it, it, it doesn't look like he's running fast. He's not like Marquise Hollywood Brown. He's not a blazer yet. He's pulling away from defenders. He's ripping off 60, 70 yard runs. They put him at punt return, so you know they're not going to put anybody out there on the punt return team that doesn't have juice. He's just the fastest, not that fast guy I've ever seen. And one of his, some of his best traits that I've scouted on film are his coverage recognition. And uh, the quarterback, Jalen Hurts in 2019, had a 144.8 quarterback rating when targeting him. Lamb does a phenomenal job of sitting down in zone coverages, not leading himself or his receiver uh, into the safety on on in routes on deep posts he's just he just understands where to be at on the field and when to break off a route when to set it down and maybe that is because he may not be the burstiest most explosive athlete so he's found other ways to win but his coverage recognition is one of the best traits that I've scouted he's a playmaker after the catch uh, once he gets the ball in his hands in, the, in his hands it is just it's fun and it's special to watch him play at 200 pounds, a little over 200 pounds. He's very, very physical and averaging 21.4 yards per reception, which ranked third in the nation. That shows me that he does have that type of playmaking ability. I just want to tell you a quick story. My last year at Pitt, I helped recruit Darrell Revis to Pitt, and we couldn't convince the head coach that Revis was fast enough because he never looked bursty or, you know, just blazing away. I had to keep putting more and more film in front of the coach because the film was horrible, and he was just as fast as he needed to be, though. <laughs> that's a good, yeah, that's CeeDee Lamb. He's just as fast as he needs to be, and it, it's it's really fun watching him play. And, and speaking to that point, his deep ball tracking and body control Outside of Brian Edwards, the wide receiver out of South Carolina, I don't think there's a wide receiver in this class with more body control uh, mm. than than Lamb. I mean, his ability, and I'm not here to knock Jalen Hurts, but Jalen Hurts is not the most accurate quarterback in the world. So his ability to contort his body with the ball in the air and make some of those catches with the quarterback play this year specifically, and just, I, I'm, I'm telling you guys, Just go look at some of the highlights of him. You know, sometimes the ball's in the air and people lose it. CeeDee Lamb isn't losing it. He knows exactly where it is. He knows where he needs to be, how to get under it. His ball tracking ability is, and I don't like to use this word, elite. It is is elite. Um, 
he's physical. His physicality, and uh, we talked about his playmaking ability once the ball gets in his hand. He's a monster after the catch. He had 25 broken tackles on 58 receptions, and that's according to Pro Football Focus. But it's not just how physical he is in the receiving game. He has delivered (laughs) some bone-crushing blocks during his three years at Oklahoma, and I think that's important. You want your receivers out there downfield blocking to spring those runs. So the fact that he's not the biggest guy, but he is more than willing and capable to get dirty and get in there and mix it up, I'm I'm very much on board with uh, CeeDee Lamb doing that type of dirty work as well. It rubs off, too. I mean, your teammates notice it, and if you can use them on a wham block here and there or those type of things or spring a long run or an athletic quarterback, that stuff helps, man. Ray, the next thing I want to ask you about is a is a player comp or or just the style somebody that somebody that Lamb reminds you of that we're maybe already familiar with. Before you give us that, though, I want your your general thoughts on player comps because I saw a little bit of conversation about this on Twitter today. Some some of the draft nicks were kind of bashing player comps, saying that you shouldn't do that. You know, don't don't try to fit them in that. Uh, in that hole or, or compare them to a, a certain player. And it seems like it's always the best players in the league, right? It's, it reminds me of Jim Brown. Never, yeah. <laughs> right. it's, yeah. We're, we're looking for the next LT or the next Jerry Rice or something like that. So what do you think of player comps? And then regardless of what you think of player comps, <laughs> give me one for CD Lamp. You're going to set me up like that to, to bash it and then give me one, right? I'm putting it on you. Here's the thing. It's, it's human nature. We watch people play, and it's hard to to watch a guy and not think, oh, he reminds me of this, or he looks like that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, if we're not doing that, then what are we doing? We have to compare them to somebody. Now, while I agree, every comp that we see, some majority of them are high-end, right? And I think, one, sometimes it's just being excited about the player and in prisoner of the moment. And those are the players that we know. A lot of people, they don't, rem- we do, but there's some people out there that don't remember Brian Westbrook playing for the Philadelphia Eagles. They don't remember Heinz Ward. They don't remember some of these other guys. So you revert to what you know. The second real quick point I want to make about that is if you're going to make player comps to some of these high-end players, I try to comp them to that player when they were coming out of college, right? So if I'm saying this person reminds me of Michael Thomas, I'm not talking about a 100,000 catch Michael Thomas in the 2019 season that's been in the league for four years. I'm talking about MT when he was coming out of Ohio State and we were thinking that Laquan Treadwell was going to be better than him. That's, that's what I'm saying, comping them to what these players look like coming out of college and what they could become at the next level. So with that being said... I'm going to give my high-end play comp style, which is Green Bay Packers wide receiver Devontae Adams. I've seen some people say DeAndre Hopkins and Allen Robinson, but every time I see Devontae Adams play or vice versa, when I see CeeDee Lamb play, they they really do remind me of one another. Sort of the same, uh, similar body type, uh, their body control. CeeDee Lamb is is a good route runner with leverage. He knows how to uh, release off of the line of scrimmage. And Devontae Adam is much similar. Uh, they, they play very, very similarly. And Matt, you know this better than anybody. When <laughs> These guys, once they get to the next level, 
they will improve at route running. I mean, what what is minicamp? That's all they're doing. They're not even catching the football, right? They're just learning. Right. The, the coaches are teaching them how to play, how they want them to play. So when I'm looking at a high-end comp uh, play style for CeeDee Lamb, I feel very, very comfortable that he could potentially become what Devontae Adams is. And it took Devontae Adams a couple of years to become – you know, who he is and what he is for the Green Bay Packers now. Yeah, that's well said. And the whole comp thing, I kind of like the way Greg Cosell often says it. He'll say, I'm not saying he's going to be Devontae Adams, but stylistically this is the type of receiver he is and this is how he'll have to play to succeed at that level and he could possibly develop into X type receiver. And I thought you said that really well. Yeah, I thought you did as well. And we really are when we're trying to make those comps. I shouldn't say we. I'm I'm terrible at comps. But when when analysts make those comps, they are talking about the style. It doesn't mean that that player is going to replicate statistics or uh, or, or anything like that. And I think that's what uh, readers and users end up. That's how they end up thinking about it. Okay, he's going to put up Devontae Adams numbers. You know, that's that's not what you're saying at all. That that might end up happening. But that's not that's not the point of a comp anyway. Ray, let's move on a little bit. We've talked a lot about C.D. Lamb as a prospect as uh, throughout his college career, even his high school time. Uh, so let's move him into the NFL now. He's he's going to be drafted, we think, probably in the first or second round. I would say. What do you see as an ideal landing spot? What NFL team would be a great fit for C.D. Lamb? So I think for Lamb, it's a little bit different for some uh, a player like CeeDee Lamb who can essentially do it all. He doesn't have a lot of uh, glaring weaknesses to his game. So I really think he's he's safe. I think he's scheme safe. I don't think he's scheme dependent. I, I really think that he can flourish in all 32 offensive systems in the NFL. Now, if we could place him anywhere, and I've seen a lot of CeeDee Lamb to the Arizona Cardinals Part of me thinks that's absolutely ridiculous. They need a lot more help on the offensive line. Why on earth would management and Kingsbury pull that trigger? You need to protect your franchise quarterback. But I never thought that they would take a quarterback in the top 10 one year and then turn around and select another one the very next year. So that would be awesome to see CeeDee Lamb pair back up with Kyler Murray. I think that would be fantastic. I don't know if Larry Fitzgerald coming back Uh, impacts that at all, but that would be a great landing spot. I think the New Orleans Saints, they look like they are in need of another big play receiver, of a big play receiver. You know, MT for as great as he is, he's not, he's not that type of receiver. You know, he's, he's going to just death by a thousand cuts. He's just going to get open and keep catching the ball and you just can't stop it. So maybe CeeDee Lamb fits well there with an accurate quarterback and Drew Brees. I doubt he lasts that long. The Green Bay Packers would be one to work alongside Devontae Adams. The Philadelphia Eagles, boy, they probably <laughs> they probably need some wide receiver help there as well. Yeah, they, they, they need a few there. How about Indy, Buffalo, or maybe Miami with their second or third first round pick? I mean, it sounds like he could go anywhere and be fine, but Colts is kind of... Indy, I would love that. I I think that would be a fantastic fit. I think he would end up being the number one there sooner rather than later. The Bills, I don't know. I... Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I think they might. I'm not big on Allen. I, I th- yeah, and I think they would. I don't know. They got a bunch of little guys. I don't know what Buffalo really needs out there. I, I know a lot of people say the Henry Ruggs and the Speedsters. And then uh, what was the other team that you said? 
Indy, Buffalo. The Dolphins with maybe their – Yeah, why not? Put them opposite Devontae Parker. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, they got a bunch of they picks. They got a bunch of picks and they need help. Right. Why not? Right. Why not? Yeah, pair them with Tua, right? Yep. Right, that was my my plan. Yeah, another <laughs> quick question for you. You mentioned you know getting them back with Kyler, and we kind of brushed over this. I mean, he went from Mayfield to Kyler. And, I mean, three big time, well known quarterbacks, but very different ones. Was there a style of quarterback he worked best with at Oklahoma? You know, it. it you would think it would be Baker Mayfield. You would think it would be Kyler Murray, but I mean, he was he put up his best stats this season as the guy with Jalen Hurts. Yeah. So. He kept getting better. He kept too, getting better. Yeah, he kept getting better. But I just think he's so good, Matt. I, I really, yeah. I, I've I've never wanted to tell people to go get this guy. Listen, I'm just giving you the information. We're just providing the information for you to make the best decision possible. But this is somebody that in one of Ryan's leagues, I actually traded uh, DeAndre Hopkins and some other for Ceedee Lamb and a bunch of other pieces. But you know, it's somebody that mm-hmm. I really, really want, and I don't care where he lands. I don't care what system he fits in. I think he's going to be a fantastic wide receiver. So, folks, I mean, not every show that we do with Ray is going to be this glowing. We started with a stud. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That is true. (laughs) Ray, we're going to end each one of these rookie profiles talking about dynasty value, and and we'll – I'd let everyone know that starting in February, we're going to have some actual data to go along with this because the rookies will be in the My Fantasy League system, and that means we'll have some rookie draft, uh, rookie mock draft ADP. We'll have startup ADP that includes rookies. Until we have that, though, we're we're basically going on our own projections. Uh, Lamb is is certainly being valued right now as a top two wide receiver in this class. It's it's really the great debate that has already started between he and Jerry Judy as who's the wide receiver one, who's uh, who's second in line in this class. But whether you like him at the top or or you prefer Judy, I think almost everybody has C D Lamb as one of the top two wideouts in the group. And then along with these uh, these four top running backs. Right now, these these six rookies, four running backs, uh, and, and the two wideouts, it, it's hard to project what order they are going to go in. It really is going to come down to landing spot, and we'll get into all six of these guys and many more. But right now, he is, I would say, he's locked in the top two wide receivers, locked in the top six rookie picks. You might have to spend your 101, or somehow you might get lucky and grab him with that 106 pick. And then when it comes to startup drafts, I think he's going to be a top 25 dynasty wide receiver from from the get-go as soon as we start these mocks and as soon as he's included in uh, in actual dynasty startups that are going on, uh, he'll be inside that top 25, most likely putting him uh, in the fourth or maybe early fifth round range of startup drafts. So this is, this is not going to be a, a rookie that you can wait and grab in the eighth, ninth, tenth round. He's going to be valued immediately as is Jerry Judy, as are these top running backs. That's why it's such a great class, and that's why we wanted to do this, not only for our listeners, but for Matt and myself as well. I, I learned a ton already about C.D. Lamb. I can't wait to get together again next week. Ryan, C.D. Lamb or Juju? Oh, just, <laughs> I'm asking this every show. I, I was going to say, you're going you're gonna to put me on the spot every show. I'm, I'm still on Juju for sure. I'm still yeah. saying, taking Juju there, but listen – 
I have seen Juju traded for a top four, top five rookie pick, and that's what you're going to mm. spend to get C.D. Lamb. So uh, it might be a ridiculous question to me, but it's it's actually a, a good and reasonable question to most dynasties. We'll players. see it happen, won't we, Ryan? You'll see some trade where the 103 or the 102 or 104 goes for Juju or for Mike Evans. We're bound to see oh, it. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. It's it's that rookie fever, and every year we have to be careful yeah. about it. But this year, it, it, it might just be warranted. <laughs> Ray, thanks so much. Tell our listeners where they can find you and your work. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at RayGQ. That's Q U uh, E. Devi show focusing on college guys. We still talk a little bit about the rookies, but we're kind of transitioning on to the 2021-2022 guys. Uh, writing and ranking over on DLF, DynastyLeagueFootball.com. So check out everything that we've got going on over there. And we've got a lot of good stuff in store for you coming up here in the next couple of weeks. So just stay tuned. Good stuff coming. Debbie, Rookie, Dynasty, Fantasy Football, all of that good stuff. Love it. I love it. Can't wait to uh, hear who we're talking about next week. We'll, uh, we'll be planning that one, Ray. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next time with more Dynasty Blueprint. Blueprint.